0: to believe it's been almost a week since Comic-Con has come and passed. It's one of those events that you normally don't expect to just suddenly begin, or to abruptly end. And looking back at it, and mostly because I admittedly did take my sweet time in doing this, it was not as good as I thought it was. Don't get me wrong, it was great to have Comic-Con back, but compared to previous years, it felt very lackluster. But before I talk about that, Hi, I'm Joe Garcia, and welcome to San Diego Comic Con 2022, A Look Back, a special presentation of the Pop Culture Shuffle. So for this format we're going to do things a little bit differently. We're going to start off by playing what happened on day one, and then briefly recap day two because, well, it was awful. But first, Here's what I talked about on day one of Comic-Con, which was Thursday. I, I don't count Wednesday. One of the first places I passed by was, well, a guy dressed up as Inspector Gadget. And, and I thought at first, wait, they're making another Inspector Gadget? No, it's just some guy dressed as Gadget giving out game episodes, And I have the card here in my hand, and it it's to redeem an NFT. And I'll just say this about NFT, no. Another thing I also got while I was there were a few other things, such as a bunch of free magazines. Seriously, I got two magazines from Entertainment Weekly, and they're about the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. Which is great, but I don't care about Lord of the Rings. Something else I also got were a bunch of Den of Geek magazines. In fact, the guys were pretty happy to give me not one, not two, but three copies. One of the first major places I went to was the event held by NBC Universal right outside the train, and it was just a bunch of photo ops, which is a bit of a bummer. This year's event for NBC Universal outside the convention center, and I do mean that, and say. Right next to the uh, fish restaurant and next to the trolley is just photo ops for Chucky Season 2, the Quantum Leap remake on NBC, Vampire Academy on Peacock, and a Bill Nye show that I forgot its name. There were a few cool things. There was also a photo op for Resident Alien in which you could take a picture with someone dressed up as the alien from that show. And also for another Peacock show that I'm just blanking out on its name right now. It was a bit lame, because unless you care about these shows, why bother? Though I will admit I took a picture of the Quantum Leap one, even though I have no idea what the hell Quantum Leap is, but apparently it's one of my dad's favorite classic sci-fi shows. Something else I also checked out that was available for free was a whole section dedicated to Franklin from Peanuts. And it's a pretty interesting pop-up. It mostly explores the story behind his appearance on Peanuts and how he changed a lot of things for the characters around him, and it also had really pricey items on sale. I think I recall seeing like a pin of Franklin based on his first appearance for fifteen dollars, and it's not even like a big pin; it's a really tiny pin. Speaking of pins, I have a ton of them. I got I got one when I bought a Star Trek mug. Or cup, I, I forgot it was, but it was just a pin promoting an online auction for Star Trek Picard. And, and then there was also another pin I got while taking a a photo op for a show from Fox called Crapopolis. And yeah, that's the name, Crapopolis. From what I understood, it's just a dysfunctional family of Greek gods. I, I could be wrong, but that was from that was what I understood there. It's from Dan Harmon, the co-creator of Rick and Morty. Something that Fox really doesn't want you to forget. I got the pin, but also I got a photo op with the characters from that show. And at the same time, I also got to see a weirdly grassy Fox logo. Which I I didn't understand why it was there. It It was literally an exhibition for that and a slide. Nothing else. Not even like the other Fox animated shows. Now I did see someone with a tube promoting other Fox shows, so I'm assuming the rest of Fox's animation domination promotion was inside the convention center. There were a few other places I went, some which surprised me and caught me off guard. Like I saw the Marriott Hotel with a bunch of Dragon Ball Z posters, although I later found out that no, that line was just for anyone who wanted to prove their vaccination results or have a negative result. And speaking of COVID, it was on the mind of a lot of people, but a lot of people I saw did not wear a mask. Some did, and the staff operating these boots and other things around downtown were wearing masks. Now the one place I can heavily recommend checking out the next two days is the Abbott Elementary Experience. It's it's near the Hilton, and it's one of three things that Disney is presenting there. And I went to two out of the three events. They have the FX event, which I didn't go to, but they also have the Abbott Elementary Experience and the Disney Bundle event. The Disney Bundle event is, well, a somewhat of a carnival event promoting Disney+, Plus, Hulu, and ESPN+. Basically, all of their streaming services. And it's pretty fun, because you get to play around with a bunch of things like rings, plinko, and even a wheel. And it's just fun getting all these tickets and just seeing what you can get with them. Like, I got a Hulu hat. And I thought that was something that maybe you would never see outside in public unless you were working for Hulu. Or maybe on an episode of Solar Opposites. Good show, by the way. And it's just a fun experience. And I went to the Avid Elementary experience and it was long lines. I spent an hour at this experience because... It was easy to just take a picture with the bus, and it's a really fun photo. But then I was stuck waiting for an hour. And I have to give it to the staff there. They did their best to keep everyone's spirits up because it's no fun to be stuck for an hour in a line. Especially in the heat. Now, sure, San Diego has admittedly better weather right now than say, the rest of the country or the world. But it's still hot. Like, it's still hot. The weather is hot and the humidity is high. Just because it says 75 degrees does not mean it's like, ooh, the cool, relaxing weather. No, the sun is still outside. It will burn you. But after waiting a long line, I finally got in. It's just fun because they have a lot of things referencing the episodes. And they even let you take a picture of a badge. So it looks like a Comic-Con badge, but it isn't. Like the one I got was pretty cool. It was just like a picture of you sitting down, and it just says your name and staff. And it's just really fun, and even give you a lapel. So like I have one here that says, just says ABC stream live on Hulu Live TV. It, it was just fun. You also do a questionnaire. You can even donate to, from Scholastic. Like Scholastic has a whole wall. You can just donate money to things, and they go straight to the teachers, not the councils, not the principals. Straight to teachers, that's something I loved. And even had a whole segment of, of dancing, like a reference to the Abbott Elementary episode where they had a, a group of dancers, and it was just fun. Also in the end they gave us all duffel bags and a bottle, I, I think it's, I wanna say it's a tumbler, but I, it's not a thermos eater. I, I can't recall what it was at the moment. Now, after that, I only went to one more place because I was. I need to get out there early to watch, well, something on TV at 5 o'clock. But I went to the Star Trek experience and it was. okay. For starters, you had the event there for Ten Forward, a reservation only event in which you could eat at the restaurant from Star Trek Picard Season 2, which I haven't seen because the show looks very depressing but I went to the event next door, which was the Starfleet Outpost. There's not much to say about it. It's basically just a bar outside. It's an outdoor bar, but with some things referencing Star Trek, and at the back of it, they had a whole section about things you could buy. The only other thing I could comment on right now would be that Sci-Fi did their annual bag giveaway, but it wasn't as impressive as the last time I went. The last time I went, they had these really cool bags that resembled the ones they gave you at Comic Con if you had a badge. The ones in which, oh you put on like a backpack. Here is just a standard big bag and only holds on on one end so you can't like carry it with you on both sides and I'm a bit bummed they don't have it but the bag is still pretty big and it could work. Just be prepared to possibly have a sore shoulder if you start carrying a lot of heavy things. The only other thing I want to comment on was that I saw a sign up for Batwheels. I have no idea what Batwheels is about, but from the signage I saw, it apparently has Batman, Batgirl, Robin, and the vehicles can talk? Because, Because I saw the signage and it had the Batmobile, the Batcycles, the Batcopter, Batplane, and they all had eyes. And once again, that joke from Teen Titans Ghost to the movie comes true. If you don't recall that joke, the movie joked about how instead of having a movie about the Titans, they'd rather make movies about Alfred and the Batmobile. And it's strangely coming true again because we already had Pennyworth, and now we're having a show about the Batmobile and the other vehicles. From what I saw, it's apparently coming to Cartoonito, the preschool spin-off of Cartoon Network that airs weekday mornings, but also HBO Max. Speaking of HBO Max, I also saw a promotion for Sesame Street's Mecha Builders, which is basically Sesame Street, but the Muppets are robots. The big balloon of Cookie Monster really impressed me, but then again, Cookie Monster is always one of my favorite characters from that show. Okay, second favorite after Big Bird, but it it was always funny. He's just cookie, and it's just really hilarious. So that was pretty much day one, which was sadly the best day of the three days I went to Comic-Con. Day two was unfortunately lame. To begin, I didn't go to Comic-Con immediately at the start because I had to deviate myself to go do some transactions that were admittedly a bit of a priority. But then when I went to Comic-Con, it was nothing but lines. I got in line for an event involving Netflix's The Gray Man, that movie with Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans and directed by the same guys behind Avengers Endgame. I only got through half of the line before I gave up. As I then found out while walking out, I realized that I was in a line to get to another line. Which is bullshit, but also really shows that people really want to get into these events. So after that failure I decided to go over to the Marriott where normally Nintendo has held their annual event at Comic Con. Not this year, but instead another company had something in mind. Natomi Animation had a lot of Dragon Ball Z promotion. There was apparently something inside the convention center, but the one I went to was at the Marriott which was packed. They were giving away free bags, and mine broke the moment I got it. It was really flimsy. But there's a lot of free stuff, I got a free sample of the manga, both sides had like the first Dragon Ball and the first chapter of Dragon Ball Super. It was pretty good, it was a nice event that had a giant Vegeta, which was awesome. Also I got to see my first celebrity in over a decade. So here's the thing, normally because I go to all these free events I never get to see any celebrities. The last time I saw a celebrity at Comic-Con was Zachary Levi, and if you don't know who he is, don't worry you're not the only one because when I told my family about it they had no idea who he was either. He's Chuck from Chuck and Flynn Rider from Tangled. So who did I see this time? Well I don't know if anyone remembers that NBC sitcom from the late 90's, Dirt Rock from the Sun. Just to quickly get out of the way, it's about four aliens coming to earth in the late 90s and interacting with all the wacky shenanigans. And one of the stars of that show was French Stewart, who happened to be there promoting the Cozy TV Network. Long story short, the Cozy TV Network airs reruns of old sitcoms and dramas such as The Munsters, Columbo, Roseanne, and of course Third Rock from the Sun. In fact, one of the major promotions they had there for Cozy was a sweepstakes where you could win the car from 3rd Rock from the Sun. And, appropriately enough, one of the stars from that show was there. And here's what happened when I got to the event and realized, well, French Stewart was there. Is that French Stewart? Everybody waves to French Stewart guys! I love the Inspector Gadget 2! Yeah, Frank Stewart was also the star of the movie Inspector Gadget 2, the sequel to the Disney film adaptation of Inspector Gadget, which originally starred Matthew Broderick, and Stewart took over the role for the sequel. He wasn't merely one of the better things about that sequel, even if the rest of the film was. Not that good, and in fact, that recording didn't catch the other part of that reaction in which it looked like Stewart did realize what I brought up, and later on he did actually share a tweet where he was hanging out with all those NFT gadget cosplayers, and then the announcer in that recording then he immediately started shouting "Inspector Gadget 2" right after Third Rock, which was a bit unexpected, but was the highlight of my Friday because. Everything else about it kind of sucked. After a quick break, we'll be right back with day 3 of Comic Con. Now it's time for my coverage of day 3 of Comic-Con, which also wound up being the last day, for reasons I will get to after the recording. Well, day 3 has come and gone of Comic-Con and I have to admit, it went pretty well. Now I'll just say this, in general this year felt a bit underwhelming, and I'm not sure whether or not to blame the smaller amount of free events, Or just simply that COVID really probably changed a lot of things when it came to what could be held and what couldn't. But from what was held, it was pretty good. Now when it comes to what I did on day three, well, quite a bit. Not that much compared to day one, but I still got a few good things out of it. Now the first thing I went to was the interactive zone, which wound up being pretty much the only place I was for most of the day. And I only did like four things in total. First up, I went to the Rasta Pecan Ice Cream, which wasn't technically part of Comic-Con, but it was part of the proceedings. Now I say that because I've been following it on Twitter for a while now, and it's been going around New York, Long Beach, and other cities. It's basically a promotion between CBS and the Star Trek franchise, but also the ice cream company Cool House, in which they've been giving away an ice cream flavored to celebrate the 40th anniversary of Star Trek The Wrath of Khan, or for those unaware, the second Star Trek film. Having tried the ice cream I can say it was pretty good. In fact I was not expecting an ice cream sandwich, but that's what it turned out to be. It was two chocolate chip cookies, and sandwiched in between them was pecan ice cream, which to me tasted a lot like vanilla with, well, pecan nuts, but it was pretty good. Though the weird part was that it had a stick in it, as if you're supposed to eat it with the stick, which begs the question why would there cookies be there if there was a stick? A little confusing. Then afterwards, I didn't do that much, I went to the 91X booth in which they were inexplicably giving away Jurassic World Dominion posters. Well, at least they think they were Jurassic World Dominion, I I don't care for that franchise. And then I spent a long line in which I waited to see the experience for CBS's Ghosts. And while I was there, I actually got into a fun conversation with some people who were fans of the original Ghosts. I previously talked about the UK version of Ghosts and I have yet to see it, but after talking to these three, who were dressed as the characters from the UK version of Ghosts, I might give it a chance. The actual event was. okay. It was basically a lot of things relating to the character of Pete, in which, oh, it's about camping, and there was an archery event, and it was pretty lighthearted, pretty fun. If anything, my only nitpick were the long lines, which are a huge buzzkill. And that's the reason why I didn't do one yesterday on Friday, because most of the time I spend in line, going nowhere. I don't know if anyone's ever seen the Fairly Odd Parents, but if there's an episode in which the main character goes on a ride. And apparently at one point asked, when do we get to the ride to his parents, and they just say, this is the ride. Because they went to Escalator Land. And that's pretty much what Friday was for me, line after line after line. And sure, there were lines also today on Saturday, but for the most part, at least I got to where I wanted to go. And then after having some lunch at an oddly expensive pizza food truck, I saw The Rock. Yeah it was weird, Uh, apparently the same day in which he made an announcement about Black Adam, he also did this event for ZOA, his energy drink, which also happens to sponsor the movie Black Adam. It was a bit of a long wait because, well, we were out in the blistering sun because the sky went from being very cloudy to all of a sudden hot and sunny. So that's three days in a row where the sun is a deadly laser. And it was pretty fun, It was just fun seeing The Rock do his thing, though uh, the problem I had was he kept procrastinating because first he got there late, I'm assuming because he had to change from the Black Adam superhero suit he was wearing, and then he had to do not one, but two interviews while we were waiting for him there at the event, which is fine. But then finally he just got around to talking to everyone and people were shouting Rocky in reference to Young Rock. And then at some point people started shouting Maui in reference to his character from Moana. And, much to my surprise, he actually did sing a portion of You're Welcome. It was a pretty cool moment and something I never expected to see. And I, and I will just say this, seeing French Stewart was one thing, But then all of a sudden seeing Dwayne the Rock Johnson is another. Like, I was not expecting these two celebrities in less than two days. But it was overall fun. Other than seeing the protesters, that was pretty much day three for me. I've come to the conclusion that I wasn't able to go to the other events because I tried to go to the Game of Thrones one, but every day the line was full. And then the Gray Man was full as well. And finally, there was the FX event, but I chose not to gutter that one, not just for the long line, but mostly because I don't care about FX's current lineup. Like, I can't find a single show right now that's streaming on FX that I have any invested interest in. One did come up this weekend a show about a little devil that reminded me a bit of Golden the Insatiable and. Lucy the daughter of the devil, but that was pretty much it. I'll talk about that more later on, as it may be on the next episode of Pop Culture Shuffle, but I want to get to some things that I really should have highlighted this weekend, mainly all the shows and films announced. Now, today was a busy day, and probably the good reason why I haven't talked about it that much was because I was waiting for the announcements from Marvel and CBS when it comes to Star Trek. Now when it comes to Marvel, I was a bit disappointed that a lot of the things they announced aren't coming out this year. Except for She-Hulk, everything else is coming out until next year. And And I was a bit upset because I was just like, you have announced this for like a year or so, where is it? And all we got was still photos and that's it. Now some things did come out. We saw a second trailer for She-Hulk, it looked pretty good and far better than the first one. And I did see a few leaks of Guardians Volume 3 trailer, which... Baby Rocket. Nuff said. And then there was the Black Panther trailer which... Why didn't they recast T'Challa? And I'll leave it at that for people to assume what I mean by that. Besides that, I only saw a handful of other shorts, some which were relevant, some which were interesting, like the upcoming season of Family Guy, which looks pretty good. And I also saw the trailers for Star Trek Picard and Lower Decks. I haven't talked that much about Star Trek Picard, so all I will say is I found the first season to be frustrating. Season 2 had some improvement and I'm eager to see season 3. And as for Lower Decks, I fucking love it. I'm going to hold off my thoughts on Lower Decks until we're a little bit closer to the Season 3 premiere, but all I will say for now when it comes to the Season 3 trailer, it has some potential and promises to go nuttier and crazier than the first two seasons. There's only one other announcement relating to the Star Trek franchise and that was an upcoming crossover between Star Trek Lower Decks and the newer incarnation, Strange New Worlds. And I'm eager to see where they go with that, because Lower Decks is said after Star Trek Nemesis, yet Strange New Worlds is said before the original series. So it's going to be a little bit of a mystery of how they're going to do that. As for what format they're going with, I've heard this either going to be animated or live action. So it can't be both, otherwise you just have this awkward disconnect in which we have the live action actors interacting with the animated Lower Decks characters, which just sounds really stupid. So that was pretty much day 3 of Comic-Con for me. And also the end of my experience at Comic-Con because, well, I normally don't go to day 4, which is Sunday. By that point in time I think I've experienced almost all of the free events and... Considering the ones have long lines, I'm not gonna go for a 4th consecutive day to just be in line again. Also, I have NASCAR and, well, let's just say today I missed three races which were not that important, but the one I always watch is the big one which is the NASCAR Cup Series and well, between being outside for four hours in the blistering heat or staying indoors and watching NASCAR, green flag is in the air. So yeah, that was pretty much the reason why I didn't go to day 4. Given the choice between going outside in the blistering heat or staying indoors to watch NASCAR... Yeah, the choice was better to stay home and watch NASCAR. Ironically, the race itself was insane. To make a long story short, the driver that finished in first place, Denny Hamlin, was disqualified because of a piece of tape. And then the second place driver, Kyle Busch, his teammate, also got disqualified for the same reason leaving Chase Elliott, who was in third place, the victor. NASCAR is weird, but I love it. Before we get to our final segment, I just wanted to play a tiny snippet of what The Rock said at the aforementioned ZOA event. At least the part I could understand because it was really crackly and most of the audio does not work for podcasts. up? Thank you guys. Woo. Awesome. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I want to say thank you guys so much for coming out, I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you, thank you for the support, thank you for the love. The only other thing I will say about The Rock is that Liga Super Pets was pretty good. And Asper's energy drink, well I tried it, it's pretty good. Though I will admit that I'm not the biggest fan of energy drinks. At least it tasted better than Red Bull. Let's take a break from all the comic con madness and talk about something I haven't brought up before. You might be wondering why I barely talked about DC's TV shows. I made my peace with the CW shows and praise Superman and Lois. But what about Titans, Harley Quinn, or Pennyworth? Well there's an easy answer. I don't care about them and they're too niche. Two of those shows originally began streaming on DC Universe, a semi-defunct service featuring shows, films, and comic books starring Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. I say semi-defunct because their shows and films were moved to HBO Max, while the service rebranded to DC Universe Infinite and now only features comic books. A big reason why they didn't watch said shows was because of how limited DC Universe felt compared to other streaming services, and does not worth subscribing to. Even when they moved to HBO Max, which I do subscribe to, I barely cared. You'd think with some of these shows, they might be right up my alley, considering how some of them feature characters related to Batman, my favorite superhero. Since I don't have much to say about these shows, I'm going to do some quick hits on them. I might not bring up all of them, especially because I have no idea who the fuck the Doom Patrol are outside of their involvement with Beast Boy's origins and that legal settlement with Pixar for Elastigirl. Long story short, in The Incredibles the character can be called Elastigirl, but in merchandise the character is known as Mrs. Incredible. Funny enough DC later changed the character's name to Elastigirl Woman. With that backhanded compliment, here we go. Titans. The Tennessee Titans are an NFL. Ti- Wait, wrong Titans. Based on the Teen Titans, this show features Dick Grayson as Robin, rebelling from Batman and making it on his own. He meets a mysterious girl named Raven who has mystical powers. As the show goes on, they team up with other heroes such as Corey Starfire, Garfield Beast Boy, and even Donna Troy Wonder Girl. From the moment I saw the trailer where Robin said, Fuck Batman, I knew this show was not for me. It wants to be a far more dramatic take on the Titans by giving everyone edgelord origins while at the same time seemingly being ashamed of its comic book origins. Beast Boy is not green, except for his hair. The characters are rarely in costume and even when they have a chance to embrace something from the comics, like Titan's Tower being a T-shaped building, they don't. I've tried my best to watch this show, with the first episode and a handful of clips, but nothing has convinced me that I should keep watching. The visuals look depressing, the pacing is utterly slow, everyone acts like they're about to take a shit, and the CG is atrocious. The show has been able to use previously restricted heroes, such as Donna Troy, which is great, as well as Bruce Wayne. The latter is impressive because Warner Brothers normally does not allow Batman to appear on the TV shows because the hero is prioritized for film, so that's why you've never seen him on say Arrow, Smallville, etc. Even Batwoman cannot feature Bruce, the closest being a variant of him who became a murderer. Despite that, Batman technically doesn't appear on Titans, he only shows up as Bruce. And I'm sorry to the actor who plays him, he just doesn't look like a guy who could put on a bat suit. The costumes are, admittedly, pretty good, but that's not enough for me to watch this show. The Tennessee Titans are far more impressive than these Titans. Stargirl One day, high schooler Courtney Whitmore finds out that her late father was the hero, Starman who die in a confrontation between the Justice Society of America and Injustice Society. With the help of her stepfather, who used to be her father's sidekick, she takes up the mantle of Stargirl, teaming up with other heroes to form a new Justice Society and fight a revived Injustice Society. While I have followed a lot of DC heroes, the Justice Society is not one of them. I gave the show a chance when the CW began airing it, and only got through a single episode. There's nothing wrong with the show. It clearly has a fan base, considering how it was popular enough to go from streaming on DC Universe to airing on the CW. The problem comes down to the fact that I don't care about these characters. I know as much about them as I did about Moon Knight before I watched this show, which was relatively nothing. Another thing that alienated me from it, at the time, was being detached from the network's other superhero shows. I just thought, what was the point of watching it, when I knew they would never cross over with Legends or The Flash? Ironically, that was what made me enjoy Superman and Lois, because it barely interacted with those shows. If you enjoy the show, go ahead. For me, it's just another hard pass. Harley Quinn This raunchy adult animated series features a titular character breaking up with the Joker and making it on her own. She decides to make herself one of the biggest villains around by teaming up with Poison Ivy, Clayface, and several other C-list villains. You'd think that a show centering around a Batman related character would be interesting to me. I always liked when Harley showed up on Batman the Animated Series as well as the Batman arc in games. Not so much when it comes to either the live action films or this show, but for different reasons. This show is for fans of the character who may have enjoyed her appearances in said films and or her ongoing comic book series, the latter serving as its main inspiration. I have nothing against this show's raunchy content or swearing, which I think is great since most, but not all, superhero anime series are aimed at younger audiences. The voice cast is also really good. Kaylee Cuoco of the Big Bang Theory and fellow HBO Max series The Flight Attendant plays it up as Harley, giving it a distinct tank on the character far different from past portrayals instead of being more submissive to the Joker, she rebels and it's just fun hearing her go against the Joker and everyone else. The show also stars Lake Bell as Poison Ivy, Law & Order's Christopher Maloney as Commissioner Gordon, Alan Tudyk as the Joker, and even Diedrich Botter as Batman. The latter is surprising considering Botter previously played the Caped Crusader in the campy, lighthearted, and family friendly Batman the Brave and the Bold. It surprisingly works. Despite all these positives, I just can't get into the show. The comedy often feels a bit forced, the references are less on the nose and more like being hit with a brick, and I really don't like how it portrays Batman as a loser. Also, I am so fucking tired of that stupid electric car joke. If you're a fan of Harley Quinn, or just want to see a raunchy take on DC's heroes and villains, then check it out! Viewer discretion is advised. Peacemaker This TV follow up to James Gunn's The Suicide Squad is all about the titular character's adventures after the events of said film. Peacemaker, played by John Cena! is a hero who wants world peace by taking very extreme actions. He works alongside a group of mercenaries, agents, and the villain named Vigilante to take down evil butterflies. It, it makes sense in context, trust me. While I did like James Gunn's Guardians films, I struggled to enjoy the Suicide Squad due to still being a sequel to the first Suicide Squad which I really didn't like. Cena's Peacemaker was one of the more memorable characters in a film featuring mostly unlikable characters. I still recall watching the climax and absolutely not caring if the villains made out alive. If you like Peacemaker in the film or are a huge Cena fan, great. If you're an of those two options, now you know how I feel. I will admit though that I have seen that clip where Peacemaker tells Aquaman to go fuck a fish and found it to be hilarious. Pennywood Set in London during the 1960s, Alfred Pennywood runs a security company and is targeted by a mysterious group known as the Raven Society who wants to take over England. Teaming up with CIA agent Thomas Wayne and Martha Kane, aka Batman's future parents, they work together to take down the society and save the country. While produced by the same team behind the Batman prequel series Gotham, this is technically not a prequel. It began as that, even being promoted during Gotham series finale, but it deviates too far from that show's continuity. For example. Both shows have their own interpretations of Lucius Fox. It also differs by having far more adult content. Unlike Gotham, which aired on Fox, the first two seasons of Pennyward aired on the premium cable channel Epix. Considering the focus is on Batman's butler, the show leans more into a spy thriller without the secret agents. It shows how Thomas and Martha come together while the three fight the Raven society. From what I have seen, the first two episodes and first season finale, the show is enjoyable for those who may have wanted to see more of Alfred's past. My only problem is that this show is not a Batman show. The only way it counts as a Batman show is with the embalmment of the aforementioned four characters. If you were to simply change your names to Gary, Steve, Mary, and Jack, this show just becomes yet another generic thriller. It's yet another Batman show without Batman, but stands out by how it has nothing to do with superheroes or supervillains, unless you were to stretch out those definitions. The only praise I can give to this show is Jack Bannon, who plays the titular character. He does a great job playing Alfred as a clean cut former soldier who knows when it's time to fight back. I would love to see Bannon continue to play the role in other productions, such as in one of the many animated direct-to-video films. For now, he will continue to play Alfred in the show's upcoming third season, which is now moved to HBO Max. DC's titans, Harley Quinn, Stargirl, Peacemaker, and Pennyworth all stream on HBO Max. Season 3 of Harley Quinn premieres later this week. Season 3 of Stargirl premieres on the CW next month. Finally before we wrap up the show, a bit of a correction. Last time I promised that in the DC segment we just played I would talk about Young Justice. Unfortunately the segment got on a bit too long for Young Justice so we're going to hold that off until later on, possibly when the show either gets renewed or cancelled. Or maybe when the blu-ray comes out, whichever comes first. Until then. That's all the time we have for this special edition of the Pop Culture Shuffle. If whenever I have the chance to go back to Comic Con next time, hopefully it will be better than this year. If you would like to know when the next episode of this show comes out, remember to follow or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite stream provider. You can also follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at mister MrJokerCN9. Until next time, thank you for listening.